you nobody until somebody loves you. I just butchered that. But, um, <laughs> I love it. Quitters never quit, and quitters never win. Quitters win all the time. Let us show you how on Quit Happens. Hey everyone, it's Lynn Marie here. Before we get started with this week's episode of Quit Happens, I just wanted to let you know where you can find more about Quit Happens and my upcoming book, Quitting by Design, and all things strategic quitting uh, on the web and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at Quitting by Design. Twitter, I am at L Morsky. That's L M O R S K I. On Facebook, you can find me at Quitting by Design as well. And on the web, my website is shocker quittingbydesign.com. If you head over there, I would love to have you sign up for email updates. And if you do, you'll get sent automatically one sample chapter from my upcoming book. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know that this conversation with Nathan as my podcast idol, Tim Ferriss, often says, starts off a little slowly. And by a little, I mean maybe just a few minutes before things get ridiculously good Men, please stay tuned to the whole thing. There are some great messages for you specifically at the end. Single people, stay tuned through the whole thing. There's just something for everybody in this episode. Nathan gets really open and vulnerable, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So without further ado. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Quit Happens. I'm Lynn Murray Morsky, and I'm super glad you've joined us today. With me, I have my friend Nathan Young. He currently works in the realm of storytelling, and he runs a speaker series here in San Diego that's called The New Narrative. It's great. It's really well attended. By the way, I have not made it to one yet, but it looks amazing. We'll get you there. We are getting there. He also helps individuals and organizations learn how to better communicate through storytelling. He's a storytelling consultant. I've got that right? That is correct. Excellent. Okay. Now, if you heard the last episode with my friend Amy... You'll know that I often ask people to be on the podcast because they have a quit that I know about. And, you know, for example, Amy's quit was uh, she'd quit social work. And Nathan, I asked him because right when I met him, I think like three days before you had quit your job at the planetarium, the science center. Fleet Science Center, Bobo Park. Yes. Yes. Wonderful place. Yeah. To pursue your passion of storytelling. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it's something... Yeah, I've been, I've been percolating for a while. I've been teaching storytelling on the side uh, for years and years and years. And I just started to get more and more clients. And a lot of times it would be an organization like you know, a nonprofit would want to use storytelling to enhance their fundraising pitches. Uh, I also worked with veteran groups for veterans returning bets. I'd use storytelling to help them with their job interview skills. So uh, organizations like that a lot. And then also just as a tool for self-expression for individuals also. Nice. Very cool. And I, I was super intrigued. And when I met Nathan, I was like, oh, I, I just wrote a book on quitting and, <laughs> and we're going to, you know, like, I, I'd love to feature you on my upcoming podcast. And then just like I, I did with Amy, as I sent him the, the calendar invite and said, you know, what, what quits would you like to talk about? And sure enough, the superficial job quit, which, you know, to me didn't seem superficial at the time. You were you know, pursuing your yeah. passion. But the quit that Nathan brought up was significantly deeper than that <laughs> and, will, and you know, encompasses much more of his life than just the work aspect. Yeah. And so I would love to hear it straight from you, what your quit was about, the one you wanted to discuss. Yeah, yeah. so the quit that 
has been most significant to me lately has been um, I decided to quit relationship expectations. If you could tell, talk about like a lot of relationship expectation is that there will be one and that it will be yeah. leading toward marriage and sometimes towards children. Yes. Did you have that type of expectation initially or are your expectations about the style of dating, the amount of contact or intimacy or, or even just presence or time spent alone versus time spent together? You encounter a lot of women who want a boyfriend and yeah, then that, yeah. like you said, that boyfriend, they may also want that person to become a husband. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of expectations did you have in that realm, like long-term expectations for relationships, not just short-term? And did it do those at all? Did that all come into your quit? Yeah, yeah. I never really felt like an overwhelming drive towards marriage or children. And I was just sort of a little bit unsure of what I wanted a relationship to be at all. Or even if I wanted a relationship, I think, you know, more for me, it was this sort of like drive for kind of closeness and intimacy. And I'll be honest, like, you know, you want to have sex too, right? And I didn't want to go like running around town being like a player my whole life. I did want to sort of find something that was a little bit more than just like a casual sex relationship, but something that was a little bit less as far as like the commitment and expectations and long-term planning. Yeah, and on top of most of it too, is that like, yeah, like I had, I had I developed a lot of really close friendships my whole life. I wanted those to sort of be my priority. Those were always important to me. And I didn't want to have to like give those up because suddenly, you know, sometimes you're seeing somebody and you've, you've known this person for like a couple months or so. And all of a sudden, like, you're spending four or five nights a week with them and you're not seeing your friends that you've known since you were eight. Yeah. Um, and so it's always sort of a strange discord. Like, how is this like, does this work? And and I guess I should say at this point too, that like, I mean, maybe some of these women I dated will probably listen to this. And usually it wasn't necessarily, it was never like really about the women. Like I always thought, like I always liked them. I thought they were great. It was just sort of my own conflict of, you know, what I was able to give in that relationship. And I mean, a lot of my needs were just sort of more than just having somebody close to me, somebody that I liked, somebody that I appreciated in my life. Like I said, two, maybe three nights a week, tops. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> what signs, besides the fact that, you know, none of these were working long term, yeah, or yeah. I don't know how long these, these lasted, but the way you make it sound is not uh, that, you know, they were, yeah, not long. Um, is, was that the symptom that said, let me reevaluate my expectations or was it maybe an intuition feeling? Was there a stress that would come up alongside with the excitement of getting into a new relationship? Some anxiety, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, there was a lot. During this whole process, I was constantly reading books about just sort of emotional intelligence, different things that sort of had to do with dating from a male perspective. I was going to therapy because I was trying to figure this out. Like, why was, you know, my relationship life always so unhappy or not operating in a way that was sustainable? And like, you know, I was hurting people. I was finding, you know, the people I get into relationships with, they would just, they'd get very frustrated with me. And that did not feel good. I didn't like doing that to people. So it was like an ongoing process of trying to figure out, you know, like what I really wanted and what was going on there. And if I met a woman that I was interested in, she was interested in me, even despite all this, it still, it stung a lot. And I was trying to figure out why this was stinging so much. Like, it shouldn't. You know, I should be okay. Like, they don't like me. It's no big deal. Move on, right? Mm -hmm. um, or they don't like me that way. I mean, in theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So I was trying to figure this, a lot of this out. And I did sort of relate a lot, lot to attachment theory. And I also started reading a lot of Brene Brown books and how she talks about sort of self-worth and self-love and, you know, learning just sort of appreciate yourself. And it did start to relate to as I was 
thinking about quitting my job and starting this career teaching storytelling full-time like what is this life i want to craft for myself what would it look like and as you do sort of steps to create a life that you want you know you start to think okay there's this expectation that you go to work for 40 hours a week and that you have this job and you get this paycheck and you do it in this sort of xyz kind of way but as i was reformulating you know my expectations around my work life and how i was going to be operating and what it's going to take to work for myself and to be out there like teaching storytelling like you know who's teaching storytelling what does that even look like you, you go through that process of one part of your life it's hard not to start thinking about it in other parts of your life also sure and when you do get to a point where you do have the confidence to be like okay yeah i can like work for myself make this career as a storyteller and have this sort of professional life that works for me it does start to drift into like okay yeah i can have this sort of relationship life or expectation that works for me that is like what I want and how I want to operate so for the listeners out there if you could remember the names of the Brené Brown books that you found I might be saying it wrong Brené Brown Brené Brown Brené Brown books that you found helpful so yeah one of the books was um Daring Greatly and the other was The Power of Vulnerability and I was sort of understanding learning to understand this this aspect of vulnerability at the time too I was reading a lot of there's a there's a blogger named Mark Manson. He talks about dating for men. I was reading, I read one of his books. I think it was called Models, and that was a big focus of, of his book was was talking about vulnerability. And part, yeah, a big part of vulnerability is putting out there like you know what you want, take it or leave it. Maybe somebody won't like that. It might lead to a person saying, oh, you know, hey, that's not for me. Right. Or it might lead to a person saying, oh my god, you're a freak. Get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> or it might be, hey, you think exactly how I think. Absolutely. We should talk. We should be closer yeah can i swear is that yeah no you're fine okay, okay. Um, <laughs> the fcc will never find yeah yeah, yeah yeah totally uh so you do encounter like that was one of the ideas i was encountering at the time and i was trying to work through and i remember reading another book at the same time called no more mr nice guy it was about sort of how what men will do in relationships to try and win love and win affection and win worth through a relationship and sort of the problems that come along with that and one of the ideas that really stuck out for me was the ways in which men, and myself included, will look for validation in relationships. We'll look for validation as, as a person or as a man or as sexually desirable through relationships. And I definitely realized that that was a big part of what I was doing also, was trying to just sort of validate my existence as a person through relationships. And it's a very sort of common idea that's sure. out there too, you know? Like, yeah. I always remember the intro of that movie Swingers, and it had that Frank Sinatra song, like, you're nobody until somebody loves you. I just killed, butchered that. But, <laughs> I um, love it. But it is, yeah, and it's a very sort of common theme just out there in our world that, like, you need to be in a relationship mm-hmm. to have value. Like, you need to be on this trajectory towards, like, marriage and kids and commitment. And if you're not into that, then there's something somehow wrong with you. Or you don't have value, or like if people aren't attracted to you, then you just you're a loser. You suck. Yeah, you're pathetic. And so, and I think there's a very you know, men and women both do this, and men do this especially. I mean, you look on you know any dating app, and it's full of men on there, and you know at bars are full of men, and it's always sort of like this notion that you're on the chase that you got to be kind of like finding somebody in your life. And I started to become aware of like how you know I had operated that way and how I was operating that way. And one of the things in that book, that no more Mr. Nice Guy book, it said was just to do like a no women diet, which just to reset yourself and take 30 days 
And just basically, like, don't talk to any women other than, like, you know, who you have to for work and just, you know, to be, like, a normal functioning human being. Yeah. But, like, don't go out to bars to try and meet women. Don't text any women. Don't call any women. Don't make dates. Don't even hang out with female friends. And just, like, take some time to yourself. Yeah. And think of, like, what you would want to do. Because the corollary to that was, like, you know, take it a step further and think, like, okay, what, what if it's, it's just never going to happen for you? It's it's done. You're never going to date again. You're never going to be in a relationship. You're never getting married. You're never even having sex again. Like, what? all, it's done. It's gone. It's never happening. How would you start to live your life? What would you do? How yeah. would you structure your life after that? And that was a really interesting exercise to go through. And that was sort of a moment that did catalyze me towards like, oh, I'll start working on this business plan. I'll start making that happen for myself because I do want to work for myself. I do want to have a lifestyle where I can make my own hours. I can decide where I work. I decide how much I work or where I work or how I work. And I did spend more time doing the things that I just sort of enjoyed on my own. I did a lot of hiking. I went out camping. um, Yeah, go for hikes every day after work, go for bike rides. I started really making a point of getting closer with my male friends, old friends I hadn't seen in a while. I focused on seeing them. And it was just a really nice month. And I really, it was sort of all when all these ideas came into fusion, you know, from reading Brene Brown and reading these other two books I mentioned and, and just feeling close and full and happy within myself and of myself. And when you get to that place, that place where you're happiest by yourself and you're content with that, and that's what you like, and you're doing the things you want to do with your life, and you're living each day the way you want to live it, and you're not letting anything hold you back anymore. Um, expectations about what you're supposed to be doing for work or what expectations about how you're supposed to be doing your day. Like, yeah, I got to a point where I really did just sort of appreciate myself as a person. I became my own best friend, you know, my own best partner in the world. And when you get to that point, it's something very magical happens because you start to think, okay, what external relationship is going to compete with this? Like, how is this relationship with this person, you know, is it worth it compared to just me being super happy and content at home by myself doing my thing or out for a hike or, you know, out for a bike ride or hanging out with my male friends? How is a romantic relationship going to compete with that? And that's when I did really start to have these conversations with myself about, okay, what do I really want? And let's hold firm on this. Let's not give into a relationship for the sake of a relationship, which is a very easy thing to do. You know, somebody seems to like you, somebody seems to be attracted to you, and it's very easy to get caught up and be like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, you and me, we'll date, we'll be a thing. Without ever asking the question, if it was just really like what you want. And that's another tricky thing is we don't always ask ourselves, like, what do we actually want? Right. We sort of go along with what we think is expected of us. We do this in lots of realms of our life. So I was finally asking myself, what do I want? And I did kind of come to this place where I realized, this is when I did start to realize, like, you know what? I need to be honest with myself. I'm a two, three night a week boyfriend. That's it. Next person I date, they're going to have to deal with that. Like, that's going to have to be okay with them. And I'm going to want to hang out with my friends. I'm going to want to be able to have time with my friends separate from this person. And she's going to have to be okay with that. And long-term thinking you know, I'm not sure if marriage is something that I want to be into. I'm not sure if kids are on my radar. Maybe they are, but I'm not making any promises on that. And I don't want to go into a relationship with an expectation that that's going to be what's going to happen down the line. And it, it goes in other realms, too. As a consequence of, of all those sort of spastic dating I had done, um, a lot of ex-girlfriends were around. And I actually do feel like I had very you know close, special relations with a lot of them. A lot of what I'm saying right now won't be a surprise to many of them. 
And um, yeah, I didn't want whoever I dated had to be comfortable with me being friends with exes and having them around. And it goes deeper than that too. Like I just, you know, if you're not talking about getting married, then okay, what is the relationship going to look like long into the future? Are you guys always going to be like a cohesive, exclusive unit with each other? Or is there opportunity to pursue other relationships within that relationship? That was something I just at least wanted to have on the table to have a discussion about. And you do start to, when you start to value yourself, you do start to think like, okay, yeah, like, this is what I deserve. Like, I deserve this kind of relationship. But if it's not there, I'm fine by myself. I'm fine living the way I want to live my life without having to promise something to people that I don't want to promise. Yeah. There are so many things in there that you said that I love. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wish I had like 10 podcasts because yeah, yeah, technically yeah, yeah. this is about quitting. However, so many things just in that last portion. I hope every man and woman that single or not, but especially, you know, the single listeners out there hear that. I mean, that the fasting, the when you quit women for 30 days, just quit focusing on relationships for 30 days. I think that's genius. And I love the fact that it was super effective for you. I I tried a year, but not nearly (laughs) as stringently as you did. It wasn't like I won't talk to anybody. I won't I won't whatever. But like I said to myself, I'm not going to be in a relationship for a year. And, you know, three months in, I meet somebody. And I I think that the fact that I even tried dating somebody at that point kind of stunted what I was trying to do. And Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you were trying to do was develop that true self-love relationship that is at the root of being able to love somebody else and be able to be loved by somebody else. And you did the work. I think maybe I should have set maybe a more realistic time period. I like the 30 days. But your 30 days was like literally, you know, just get any kind of estrogen influence out of your life you know even friend wise i think that's really smart because there's that energy between men and women even you know friend wise so i think that was a valuable piece out of what you said another huge part that is tangentially related to quitting well maybe not even tangentially because for you to quit usually requires just what you said is knowing what you want yeah because you have to realize oh i need to quit this thing because it is not what i want yeah it's like the door you have to close for the next door to open. And if you're still holding on to the old idea, you're never going to get to the new idea. Right. Well, yeah. and, and sometimes you don't even take the time to evaluate what I want and realize this isn't what you want. Yeah. Like I finally sat down after seeing self-help person after self-help person yeah. say, write down your ideal day. Yeah. I had done, you know, the the lazy man's visualization. Oh, let me let me visualize my ideal day. And there would be nearly no details except for the fact that my hair would look good and I would be smiling and maybe I was on the floor of the Senate or something. You know, like I don't know. It was just very vague. And mm-hmm. Ben Greenfield, he had a blog post or article that said, no, 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 be specific. And he had this list of questions like, who are you waking up next to? What does your oh, house smell like? Oh, so detailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I wrote down his list of questions. I sat at that table over there and I was like, I'm going to go from minute that my eyes open until the minute they close, writing down everything. And it's funny because I got to the point where it says like, I wake up next to my, and I was going to write husband and like the pen wouldn't go. And yeah. I spent my entire life thinking like, oh, I, I just want to be married. I mean, I'm from a small town in Southern Illinois. That's just not even expectation. It was just Nobody's expecting that of me. Like my parents are the greatest. They could care less if I ever get married. Um, But just, that's just what I thought was the thing. I mean, granted, I never want kids. So I knew that wasn't on the radar, but I just assumed like, yeah, I definitely want to be married. And when I couldn't write it down, I was like, wow, this exercise is powerful. For full disclosure, I did eventually write it down, but you know, I had to like stop and evaluate. Am I just wrote writing this down or is this really what I want? Let me think every part of this day and make sure that's what I want. And I love that you 
brought that up. So many people have not gone through that exercise, whether writing it out or even just having a slightly more detailed visualization than, than mine. You have to know what you want to be able to, A, quit what you don't want, yeah, yeah. but B, like you said, ask for what you want. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, That's huge. And I love that. And and I realized this was essentially, you know, kind of build in, in when you said, like, this is what I was quitting. I was quitting relationship expectation. But essentially what you were quitting was not setting them. Yes. Because now when you go into a relationship or since you've had this, yeah. you go in and you discuss your expectations. Yeah. And that right off the bat will tell you whether or not they're right for you. You know, like you said, if, if not, hey, great. I'm in a relationship with myself. Yeah, I'm yeah, happy. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So that, that segues into an interesting irony that has come up in the last couple of months because I have started seeing somebody recently. And when we did first start getting together, it was interesting because I definitely saw she was expressing interest towards me like, very directly, which was interesting. I, I was... So I was like, this is this is nice. There was this moment where like I realized like, okay, you gotta stick to your guns here. Like this is sort of the the moment where you gotta be honest here. And if you want what you want, like you need to express this. You need to, this is this is where it's gonna become important. Because otherwise we'll just go back in the cycle. You'll start seeing this person and you won't really bring it up, you won't really express it, and you'll have this relationship with unspent expectations where both of you are getting frustrated and nobody's happy. And this will come with the consequence of working on all the other things in your life that are important. But yeah, so I was with this woman, and there was a moment where I had to say, like, hey, stop. Like, I need to, I have to tell you. I have to tell you something. And I did go into this whole thing where I expressed, I have questions about, like, whether I want to be in a relationship or what it would look like or what kind of relationship I would want to be in. I always find that when I am in relationships, I want more time to myself than I'm getting. I, I get in these situations where I miss my friends. A lot of times I find that I don't get as worked up or into the relationship as the other person. And I just want to be straightforward about you with all this stuff. Like, I don't want to go into this with any big expectations that we're going to necessarily be like this sort of traditional boyfriend, girlfriend type couple if we do go further with this. And I just want to tell you all this before we go any further. I don't want to mislead you. Yeah, at that moment, too, I was thinking like, ah, you know, that's it. Like, she's going to be like, oh, thanks for telling me. That's not what I want. This was fun, but oh, well, you know. But instead, it was really great. She looked at me and she was like, that's actually all very refreshing to hear. I, I, I actually struggle with a lot of the same things. I sort of have that too. So, And I've, I've had a lot of similar experiences. So I really appreciate you sharing all that with me. And it was really nice to get that sort of validation that like, okay, good. Like I expressed this. I brought this up. And it didn't completely put the kibosh on intimacy or us getting together or us spending some time together, which I was worried that it would. I really thought in my sort of old mindset, you know, I thought by bringing these things up, that would just mean no love, no intimacy, no closeness. That's just it. And you're just going to be alone. But, you know, I, I, I brought it up very comfortable thinking like, OK, if, if she's not into this, I'm just going to live my life how I was before. Luckily, you know, she was. She very much related to a lot of what I said. And by starting things off that way, it really created this really good foundation for us in our relationship to have, you know, conversations about what are we, what are we doing, what are our expectations for each other as far as like time commitment, or what are our expectations for, you know, meeting each other's friends, or what are our expectations for exclusivity. And I like to be able to just talk about these things and have them be clear now and not have them to be any, any unsaid expectations. And so we've talked these things out and we're very much on the same page on everything. It's a little bit weird and creepy, but also very wonderful that whenever we talk about what the long-term trajectory is going to look like for a relationship, and there's going to be a point when we're going to be comfortable seeing other people within this relationship, or are we going to be like a unit this whole time? And having her express back to me very much the very same things I was feeling for myself. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So I try not to get too woo-woo or hippie, you know, with this podcast, yeah. but it does strike me that, you know, how they say, like, tell the universe what you want and you've got to be clear on what you want. And like, it seems as though as soon as you were clear on what you wanted, yeah, the universe is like, here you go. Here's somebody who wants the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little bit weird and creepy. And, and she had a similar sort of revelation from her end that we're both like, wow, that was strange that happened. But we're not complaining. We right, it, right. And it goes along with the encouragement of if I'm putting in the time to get my mindset right and to get my priorities in order, that I will be rewarded with something that works with that instead of more struggle. Yeah, totally. And I think that's great. And I also love how many little quits that you had along the way that you may have not realized at some point through all your self-development, yeah. you quit the idea that you needed another person. Yeah, totally. And that's a major quit, major quit, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in that. And like, guys, it's not talked about as much, but guys do it a lot. And it is just sort of constantly looking for validation that it comes from. And I think, you know, a consequence of it not being talked about for guys very much is that guys do it very unwittingly and unknowingly about how much it's frustrating their life and not getting them what they want and making them a lot of times come across like an asshole. So (laughs) um, like a desperate, thirsty asshole. And yeah, and I kind of realized that for myself. I didn't want to be that way anymore. I'm glad I realized it when I did because it's not a flattering look. No, no, I like that. I love Nathan the storyteller. Can come yeah. with these <laughs> desperate. What was the second word? Thirsty. 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 <laughs> yes. Amazing. Your adjectives have been the greatest. That's right. It's it's fantastic. No, if I swear, if people listen to no other part of any of my episodes of Quit Happens, if they could just hear the blurb where they should quit basing their self worth on being in a relationship, then yeah, think about how many lives have been. I I am a hundred and 10% guilty of that same mindset for yeah, yeah. much of my life. One of my best friends who is married, she once said to me, you know, I was lamenting some failed relationship or something. Yeah. And she said, it's so funny. All I want are all the letters that come after your name. And all you want are the letters that come before mine. Jeez. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was so profound, you know, and she was right. It was like, if somebody walked up to me and said, would you, give away your medical degree and your law degree just to be married, I probably would have said, mm, I'd consider, you know, like, because there was so much of my self-worth that, like you said, yeah. society has, has built it to be, you're nobody and somebody until somebody loves you. And yeah. to this day get asked, you know, once every so often, why are you single? Which is essentially just like saying, yeah. what is wrong with you? Totally. You know, yeah. you figured out the rest of life. What is wrong with you? And, yeah. and that's just a societal norm. And, and with quitting by design, the book and with quit happens, like I'm trying to destroy the societal norms around quitting, mm-hmm. but that also often requires destroying a lot of other societal norms. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, I guess we have to be honest about how, you know, a lot of guys operate in the world. And it kind of comes from, for a lot of guys, and including myself, like the actual thing is sex. I think a lot of guys put pressure on themselves to have sex, have sex with lots of people, have sex on a regular basis, have sex constantly. And maybe that, like how you said, like, why aren't you married? I think the little W of voice in guys' heads, like, 
when are you getting laid next? How come you haven't gotten laid in a month? What's wrong with you? Are you worth it? Are you a person or what? Are you a man? Get out there. Like, you need to get laid. And realizing, you know, that I could shut that voice up, it gives you so much more mind power to focus on other things in your life. And that voice, it really is a source of a lot of aggression and tension yeah. in the world right now. And it's coming from guys that aren't really asking the question, like, why do I feel like I need to get laid so badly? And really, like, basically kind of figuring all out for myself was learning how to, like, let's not feed that voice for a while and see what happens and see if though I do. And it really, you know, led to a period of my life where I actually felt, you know, very relaxed and calm and happy and realized that, like, I didn't need to always be in search of the next sexual encounter or the next person that would sleep with me or, you know, a relationship from there. No, I love that. I, I think... That's huge. And I hope a lot of the men listening, I maybe tune in more to realizing that that voice is, is a separate voice and is not necessarily them. Like a lot of the voices in our heads are not us. In fact, that voice yeah. is probably Mr. Testosterone you know, yeah. doing a lot of the talking. I've seen a lot of research that when people have had testosterone withdrawn, like they no longer have that drive and then they can connect more deeply with people because they're not just on this one track mind. And, and there's no, you know, like I should not have any kind of uh, shame or guilt around that, but just to know, like through what you said, that that voice can be combated yeah. in, in a constructive way, not, totally. not silenced, but yeah. you can make friends with it and say, you know, no, that's something I would like to have, but it doesn't need to be the driving force in my life. Yeah. Put it in the right spectrum of priorities. Maybe, you know, instead of number one, it belongs somewhere between like eight and 13. <laughs> Very specific, Nathan. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I also love that, you know, for the people out there listening who may, they may have everything in the relationship realm all figured out. The part that I love that can apply to even those who are in, you know, satisfying relationships, et cetera, is that you came upon this around the same time that you realized I can't be pursuing what I want in my career yeah. and then not be authentic in this other area. It was kind of an entire authenticity like makeover on some level. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to, when you, when you are really making strides in one part of your life, to not have that trickle over into other parts of your life. And that's sort of like a positive thing too. Like that was the one thing I think when I did sort of start this journey to improve myself, it did like improvements in my dating life led to more confidence. It led to improvements in my professional life, which led to more confidence and improvements in my health and which led to more confidence. So every improvement fed off each other and opened a new door in another avenue of life or just fed in this idea that like I was capable, it's possible for me to achieve what I want to achieve. And you know, that you're worthy of it too, like that you are a person of value in the world and that the things you want in your life, you can have them to a certain, you know, reasonable extent, as long as you're willing to, you know, work towards it and make it a priority and really be honest with yourself that that's what you want. Absolutely. This has been super delightful. <laughs> totally unexpected. Yeah. I love it. Nathan and I just met each other maybe two months ago or yeah. uh, around the time I started doing my book pre-sale. And I had never had any discussion with you about relationships, which was <laughs> making this even more like uh, this is the second podcast in a row that I've known almost nothing that's been okay. going on. And I've just been able to sit back and be fascinated. Most people re around me know that I just I won't shut up about this topic. Actually, I talk about it all the time. So. That's hilarious. How did I not get the memo, Nathan? <laughs> All yeah. I heard was, I think it's because since I'm a quitter that they're like, oh, let's focus on the fact that he quit his job. We'll tell you about that. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, I really appreciate you being, like you said, vulnerable and open. Of course. And for everyone else, happy quitting. We'll see you next time.